Wrestlers with Experience, episode 58, Dietrich Davis. Mark Morell. We are going to be talking about Bruiser Brody and the Vice documentary that um, shifted the nation. Mm -hmm. Not shifted the nation, but put a final nail in the coffin of a long series of conversations that were done with other wrestlers. And shifted the thoughts of a lot of people, yeah. Who Even was involved and wasn't involved, and they finally put the whole story in one place versus it being in sections. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to talk about that. And did you watch the link I sent you with the director speaking? Uh, no, I didn't get a chance to check so that. I'll but touch familiar, on a few little highlights. But, but I am familiar with Hannibal, though. Don't, don't do me wrong. I know about Hannibal. Yeah, so there's a lot to this particular story. I've read... I'm one of those people who read lots of articles and lots of paperwork and lots of this, lots of that. There's no official paperwork out of Puerto Rico, no matter what. Mm -hmm. That's probably been destroyed. But um, I knew two older wrestlers who told me a very strong story about it and certain extra things that were said that's never talked about that I'm going to bring up. Um, let me let you guys have some music while we get ready to present you with this show. Mm -hmm. Hold on for a second. I want to I wanna do this right. I want people to feel a certain way. I'm gonna leave this as an outro song as well. I want people to feel a certain way because sometimes, sometimes you just gotta know when you feel the glow. We just jump a little bit. We talk about something that happened in the 80s. I don't even write to give you 80s music. When you walk, your head up I had the vinyl record to this when I was a kid. Everybody know about the glow. This is the only black, ch black pizzeria in Harlem. Shogun. Take your pizzas to Daddy, Daddy Green's Pizza. You're not supposed to talk over the loud music. <laughs> you wait till we bring it down. What was that bitch that was in this movie? Vanity. It's a bad bitch. Yes, she was. She was a bad bitch. Yes, she was. There's a I don't even know why I'm playing this. as if I'm seeing the knife go up and down to this. You do realize if you was talking about the glow, you should have been playing Willie Hutch. No. Because th that's, no. that's the nigga that sung this, um, that song You Got the Glow on that soundtrack. Me, nigga, <laughs> we're, we're going with the, uh, the truest song on that soundtrack. The Last Dragon. The only one everybody remember. <laughs> only song that sold. Anyhow, moving forward, right now we're going to talk about this Bruzy Bro Bruiser Brody thing. I played that song because <sighs> Bruiser Brody was the last dragon that night. And unfortunately, 
his show nuff was a Puerto Rican. He should have just kissed. The, he should have just kissed the converse of that wow. of the grand Puerto Rican in the building. What was his name? Um, Jose Rivera. Luis Rivera. No, not Jose, the other guy. Oh, Carlos Colon? Yeah, he should have just kissed the sneaker. He should have kissed his converse. Straight up and down, so I don't mean to make light of it. But I'm going to approach this. So you watched it. Of course. First, let me start with you. What did you think? When I first watched it. Episode 60. You know, I was. 59, uh, excuse me. You know, When I first watched it, I had reserves about it. Okay. Because I've heard various different stories from various different shoots, from different accounts, um, and you can find all those accounts online. Um, it's just a crazy situation that a man was stabbed in the locker room because he had a grudge. Well, the person that stabbed him had a grudge with him because the guy didn't put him over and didn't sell for him. That's that's what that's what's crazy. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. but you know the story gets deeper as the um, the story unfolds. Yeah, so the documentary they they make highlight of one. I like when they spoke to the documenter of this and they talked about um, what's the fat nigga who was a horrible wrestler, Abdullah the Butcher, one of the worst wrestlers in history. Well, he said he was never a wrestler. He was a wrestler, and I like the way he the, the director said he tried to pull a work, and it was the most embarrassing thing he's ever seen, and. When they was watching the footage, he was really in teary eyed when he looked at Bruiser Brody. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also documented, and this wasn't part of the documentary, that he said he knew somebody was going to do something that day. But it was also said, and I want to say this very clearly and fluently, that no matter what, whether he went to Japan or he went to Puerto Rico, he was going to die. That's one of the things they say. Mm-hmm. That can be people just adding stink onto the fire. I found it very sad that they're having a documentary about they're talking about a man's death and Abdullah the Butcher is trying to pull a work. You're never going to get back into the business. You was never a great wrestler. You're not one of the greats. You're, one of the, you're, you're laughed about on the Reddit scene from the older wrestlers that are in there, from the subreddits on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Um, does his name ring bells? Yeah. Did he sell out a building? Nah, he wasn't a Bruiser Brody. Nah, he but him and, him and Bruiser sold out buildings. Yeah, w- Bruiser, so- one thing we learned from Dutch Martel, the Americans sold out the buildings. Mm-hmm. And, the Bur- and the Puerto Ricans got to benefit and stuff like that. And that's confirmed across the board when you watch a lot of the, you start putting together all the Hannibal stuff and this and that. Um but Bruiser Brody had bought allegedly had bought into a territory. We still don't know if that's true or not. That's still alleged. And they made it seem like it was over money and him not wanting being to be they not wanting him in the territory. They wanted his money but not his ideas, which was the quote exactly from um uh, Abdullah the Butcher. Mm-hmm. Sadly, Abdullah the Butcher is still trying to pull off a work, and I think this is the one time that no one should be trying to work the camera. We're talking about a man's life. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of men could prevent this. And yeah. I'm going to say this first, and I'm going to jump back to it later, and I don't want to sound fucked up. I don't want to sound foul. But what if justice was done with the murder of Bruiser Brody? Remember, I was saying this in a conversation with certain things when we was on the phone. I didn't want to say I want to save it for the mic to get your process and thinking. 
Bruiser Brody was known to have a bad disposition, thrown out the NFL. Mm-hmm. Wasn't good in a lot of things. People recommended him for wrestling. He was a great athlete, great this, that, and the other. 6'6", 300 pounds. I get it. I'm 5'11 and a half, 6 feet, 300 and something pounds. I get how it is to be a big guy and you're looking for a field to find a place in. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't build a lot of men like that. So no. Bruiser Brody was a very rare. He, great wrestler, great talent. I won't say great wrestler, great talent. He would have never made it in the WWE because that type of attitude wouldn't have worked in those locker rooms. Right. Um, I like that Stan Hansen, friend of the show, long story. Um, Stan the Man Hansen has said he had offered for him to come to Japan and work with him. And he was, you know, he didn't know if he was too fly out of it, but he did like the idea, you know, to be two good old boys working together. Not good old boys. I'm just saying good old boys working together, this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. A lot of men had a lot of respect for this man. Right. But there comes a day where he gets to the locker room and Invader number one shows up with a knife. Now, how I first, let me go back. How I first hear about the story is that my boy Nelson is getting married in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And this is around 2000, so I fly to Puerto Rico. Right. And... Um, there was someone talking about they were showing us around, and we wasn't we was on Aguadilla, the other side of the island, mm-hmm. and then we we ended up going on both sides of the islands and stuff like that. Um, and you learn a little bit, and then you get there. This is where Bruiser Brosie is murdered, and I never really heard about this Bruiser Brody murder thing until late two mid two thousand. When did right. Junie get married? Probably two thousand. So I didn't hear about this till two thousand. When was WrestleMania seventeen? WrestleMania 17 was um, 2001, 2002, maybe? Right. So, WM17. And I want to say this because I want to be very accurate when I learned about this. WrestleMania 17 took place April 1st, 2001. Okay. So, I'm in Puerto Rico a little bit after this, Mm -hmm. around that summer. Um... And they say, oh, it's the place where the guy was killed, this, that, and the other. And something I want to point out, um, one of our peoples got sick, and it took forever for an ambulance to come. And I want people to realize there is no 911 system in Puerto Rico. Okay. They eventually implemented a 066, and 911 just went into effect in 2017 in Puerto Rico. Wow. Just want to let you know that. With emergency services, and then before that, it, it was zero six six, and I don't even think that was around in the eighties. I think that showed up late nineties. Or nine one one? No, nine one one in Puerto yeah, Rico in Puerto showed Rico, up right, in, okay. in two thousand seventeen. Right. It was zero star zero six six, and that showed up probably ninety three ninety four. It might have been there around in the eighties. So there's a part in this documentary which we'll get to when they talk about why it took so long, and I also know the story of why it took so long. For the ambulance to come, and it's because of Monudo. Right, that's exactly what Savio Vega said. Right, it's, according to when he, when him and um Jim Cornette was I doing. I need to watch that. Was right. doing um the ringside shoots, and he was talking about the territories, mm-hmm. Puerto Rico, and stuff like that. And they also got into talking about because mm-hmm. that the 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 murder of Bruiser Brody was the main crust. Of right, the they could have saved them if they had medical, um, which is one of my big issues with New Japan by them not playing the medical game correctly. At the end of the day, the Japanese can be very crude to their own people even when they're in the States. That's why in the past podcast, I was very aggressive about medical. But anyway, long story short, 
Um, so Bruiser Brody is buying in the territory. He mentions that he's finally in this, that, and the other. It's great, whatever. He wanted PC. What's the name? Has already owned 5% of territory. Yeah, Gorilla Monsoon. No, not Gorilla Monsoon. What's his name? He made it very clear. Um, What's the fat boy's name again? Um, Keonis? No, not Keonis. Carlos Colon? No, nah, man, the fat boy. Abdullah. Abdullah, right. Okay. Um, yes, yeah, him. Um, That no matter what, he was going to get his 5% on the territory. Now, I've never liked Abdullah Butcher because he could say he wasn't a wrestler, but that's like me going to say, I'm in Hollywood, but I'm not an actor. Stop the work. Whether you was a shitty wrestler or a good wrestler. You're, imagine going to Hollywood, winning an Oscar for Best Actor, and say, oh, I was never an actor. If you call yourself a fespian, you still have to be an actor that grows to a fespian. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So Bruce, So I, I don't mean to be so aggressive against him, but it's so sad the way he thinks. And I think that's, that's that Bret Hart syndrome that then you believed what you were and you kind of don't know how to be what you are. But is he Puerto Rican? No. Um Abdullah's African, right? Abdullah is um is is black. He's I, I think he's Sudanese. I can double check that for yeah, you. Yeah, can you well as we're going over this. So as I'm giving a small narration. So he finally gets stabbed. So they get him in the in the locker room and they call him over and everybody saw him walking with this white towel. It's the one thing everybody saw. And he walks in and they call him into the bathroom and you would assume that... He's actually Canadian. He's Canadian, okay. So you would assume... That's right, because they filmed in his house in, in Canada, right? Mm-hmm. Right, so anyway, Vice did. So they assumed that he was going to go over the ending of the match because a lot of guys went into that particular bathroom to do that. Mm-hmm. He gets stabbed. What's his name? He has a sound. He goes down. They are checking in on him. They're trying to make sure he's Okay. And obviously, shit goes south. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes out. He stabbed to death. West's name goes in there to pull him out the room. Um, Tony Atlas, he missed as the knife was coming, cut his blade off, cut his what's called off, which means he was trying to stab right. him in the skull or slit his throat. Right. You know how sharp that knife got to be to cut someone's hair in a swipe? It's very sharp. This is premeditated. Obviously, he brought the mm-hmm. knife from home or right. sharpened it and this, that, and the other. Well, now, I want to ask you your opinion. Before I go to this theory, because I'm about to go, we're about to go into deep waters, nigga. Okay. What do you think they killed him over? It's and a, do you think they were justified to kill him? They killed, he, the invader, invader number one, killed Brody because he was upset at the fact that Brody was coming in as a big star. Mm-hmm. He was also looking to buy into the company. Mm-hmm. And it's a grudge over the fact that, you know, they wrestled against each other in New York. He was the booker. Yeah, right. He was the booker down in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. He was booking the matches. But when he was working in New York, he was just a regular journeyman guy. Mm-hmm. And Brody didn't put him over in a match. He didn't sell. Brody didn't sell. They him. said Brody would change the ending on matches yeah, on everybody. Especially right. like if he didn't like you. And right. he just he just did not like Invader number one. He just didn't. Whatever the case may be, he had no liking for him. Now, top that, like they also mentioned in the the documentary, that Invader just lost his daughter. You know, she died in the pool. She drowned in the swimming pool Mm -hmm. in in his backyard. Probably killed her. Right? He, well, I I wouldn't say that. Right. You know, (laughs) no, no, the little girl drowned inside Mm -hmm. the pool. 
Right. No, I'm being a shithead saying right. he probably killed her. You know, so murder. now you figure that, and then you figure, okay, well, my job is also going to be on the line. If this guy buys into the territory, he's going to probably remove me as Booker, you know, mm-hmm. as matchmaker, you know, on, on these cards. My position in the company is going to dwindle down because you figure, okay, Carlos Colon and the other guy, they're positioning an invader to become a big star. But you bring in a big star from North America or global-wise, like Bruiser Brody, who's looking to buy into the company, he's going to have his input in it. This guy feels threatened. So what way would you What would you do to protect yourself and keep your job and to make sure that, you know, you got some peace of mind or whatever? So let's, so let's ask you the question. What would you have done? Would you have just accepted it and say, you know what, I'm a wrestler, I can go wrestle anywhere? Or would you have pulled a knife on him and killed him? I don't know. You I, don't know if you would murder a person I, I, over your job? I don't think I would murder anybody over a job. Right. So let's say your answer is technically no, you wouldn't kill him. No. You if would I, accept the situation and move forward. Right. You know, go somewhere, make a name for myself, call it a fucking day. Then I'm called to come back to work in, you know, War Wrestling Council. Then that's it. Right. You know, there are other ways to deal with people in, in your line of work. You could do it. I agree. You know, in the professional sense, there's a way to handle shit. You know what I mean? Glad you said that word, professional sense. Hold you know, on to that for me when okay. I get so when I mm-hmm. you handle you handle it that way. If you got to shoot the J with somebody, okay, knuckle up, fight, call it a day. You know, have your pissing contests and whatnot, and then just keep it fucking moving. But whatever was going through, you know, you know, Invader's mind, he had a lot of shit going on in his mind, and coupled with the fact that here's this guy coming in. He's gonna take my spot. He's gonna take my job from me. I'm I'm losing it. I lost the damn near almost everything. I'm not gonna lose my job. So hey, I'm gonna do what. Do you do feel what's he right. was justified? No. Okay. I'm about to sound real shitty to a lot of people, but there's there's one there's two perspectives that people are forgetting, and I'm gonna say to you again. What if I can prove justice was done by the killing of Rosa Brody? Okay. I don't think it's about money. Can't stop no man. What if you're greedy? You want more people to buy into your greed. Mm-hmm. Okay. And to make money, you need more money. I'm not a greedy man. I think a lot of people know I'm not a greedy man. I've given, I've shared more than what I should have, even though people have told me not to. To the point where it has affected me at some points. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bruiser was making a uh, a business decision. But there's one thing everybody keeps. What's the number one rule in wrestling? The number one rule in wrestling? Mm-hmm. Make your money. You know what the number one rule in wrestling is? Protect the other man in that ring. Protect the other physical human being so he can go home safely to his kids and his family. Mm-hmm. Now let's go into deep waters. No scuba equipment. We're going into the trenches. Okay. And I want to say this. I'm not saying this respectfully. I'm saying this directly. It was known that Bruiser Broly took joy in beating the shit out of people. And the one thing you're supposed to do is protect the man in the other ring. Point, keep me and you were training one day. Mm-hmm. Homicide comes down that day. You was on the top rope. I ran up the ropes. I immediately knew 
Ran up the ropes like a Mexican. People don't know I can move. Ran up the ropes like a luchador. Immediately, I looked you in the eyes and knew. I said very fast, you don't want to come down. It's been wrong for me to say, nigga, come over and drag you over and you land funny and you hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. Off of a top rope, a 300-pound man runs up to a 230-pound man to yank him over his head when that man is not ready. Mm-hmm. I could have broke your neck. I could have broke your ribs, But immediately I made contact and went, let me not do this. Mm-hmm. And I said it very fast. You're like, no, 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 no. What I did, I hopped down and let you come down. You was not comfortable in that situation. I would not put you in that situation. I ran up the ropes out of instinct, but immediately we agreed. No. All right. Bring my ass on down. Okay? Now, imagine you're invader number one, and you go into this business of professional wrestling, and the job is to protect you. Now, what you did with Abdullah and what you did with other men are completely different. But you go in there and you beat the shit out this man. There was one point where he's coughing up blood in real life. Mm Mm-hmm. You beat the shit out of him time and time again, and what happens when you put a you put a a a a a, a, a scared person in a corner, and they're more likely to kill you mm-hmm. than hurt you. Right. So imagine the natural instincts are going to kick in. So imagine you've been bullied, and you lost your daughter, and maybe that's not as is not as painful, but what if no matter what, daughter alive or dead, invader number one. Got so fed up that he goes, the next time I see him, I'm going to fucking kill him. Because he got tired of getting his ass beat by this man who didn't respect the number one golden rule, the unspoken rule, protect the man from across the ring. How many times have you heard that preached to you? So many times, man. How many times have you heard that preached from Bret Hart? Many a times. How many times have you heard that no matter what, you're safe in the ring with Bret? Mm-hmm. When Stone Cold Steve Austin came back from injury, you know why they put him in the ring with Rakishi? Because he was the safest person to wrestle, mm-hmm. to protect him, to get him ready to take the rust off because he had a bad neck surgery. Mm-hmm. Right? Take these glasses off. Um, and then that happens. And Rakishi protected Steve Austin. Right. And you want to know that that guy will protect you with your life. D'Lo made a mistake and broke someone's neck, and that was an inch of a difference. Mm -hmm. So imagine a person beating you and beating you and beating you and shortening your lifespan and treating your body with no respect. Eventually, a bully will be murdered. Yeah. Eventually, a person will fight back a bully. And what if, and I'm saying this politically correct, I'm saying this politically correctly, what if Bruiser Broly killed himself? What if this is really a suicide by another man's hands because you just didn't have respect for him because he was Puerto Rican? Maybe you was racist and no one knew about it. Maybe you was this, maybe you was that. But simple, not respecting another man's life cost you your life. And if everywhere you went, someone didn't like you, not because of what you said, but because of what you did, this is the dark side of the ring, baby. You might have caused your own death on a day when you're seeing more clear than anything. You walk up, hey, can you draw a picture of my kid? How much you want to pay for me for it? This, that, and the other. Whatever. Goes back there, kills. When he, when a man comes out, I've seen this in person. When I've seen a man get shot, literally in Brownsville, and he knew he was dying. But this nigga knew all the wrong he did. Legitly. This was a good friend of mine's, Ricky. In that moment, Ricky knew all the wrong he did. 
I have a bloody shirt in my mom's house, still to prove to this day, in, in the gas station, Southern Mother Gadsden. Mm-hmm. He knew what he did. He knew everything he did. Now you got Bruiser Brody saying, tell my kid I love him, tell my wife I love him, because he might have known that he created the murder that took place. What if he never beat the shit out of him? What if he would have took care of him in the ring? Then Brody would still be alive. Right. There's and a possibility of that. Right. What if he didn't beat the shit out of everyone else? Every Puerto Rican had a bad issue with him. Hell, he listen, he's even he's even taking liberties with Lex Luger. Right. So still, there's no respect for other people in general, whether Hispanic or white or even black. And Tony's your boy, maybe because you knew you couldn't beat Tony the way you could beat everyone else. And Tony had that retard strength that will always protect him. Sometimes labeled as a simpleton, sometimes labeled as just a man misunderstood, but always protected by everybody in the business, Mm -hmm. which was known. Tony was always protected from racism and this and that. So anyhow, and let me know if I'm starting to make any sense to you as I'm thinking this through, because one of the issues they stressed very beginning of how many times he beat the shit out of this, that, and the other. And what if we're just looking at the heinous act of a murder and the murder is heinous, but what if that was the only justice to be done? And that man got his justice. And though a family feels injustice, you violated so many people that someone was fed up with it. I mean... And how many men have been killed in this world because they've been tired of another man violating them? Yeah, a lot. Whether it's passion, and I don't mean to sound wrong or fucked up, but what if justice was done? And they happen to have the money and the power. And because he was so didn't care and lackluster they had the money to keep invader number one out of jail they had the money to make sure he never walks into the precinct they didn't even bother sitting on the paperwork until a month after the murder Mm -hmm. everybody knew who bruiser brody was see they never said he was a good man everyone said he was a foul motherfucker in a nice way and then not only that let me know know if my fairy sounds crazy it's 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 not it's not far-fetched and it's not hairbrain. Because I've seen men killed for less. Right. You know, unfortunately for me, I've never seen anybody get killed. You know, you know, Brownsville, so you know my boy Will G. When we looked at the yearbook of 800 kids in our yearbook, mm-hmm. more than 60% are dead. Wow. That's 1993. You get what I'm saying? I, I get That's it. That's before they turned 14. Mm-hmm. Over the course of 14 to 22. The percentile of turning 21 in Brownsville is 50%. Right. So me making it to 38, I beat a statistic. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Now I just got to, if I have a, I got to beat any other diseases if I catch anything like cancer or whatever, if I ever catch, God right. forbid. Um, but what I'm saying is, is that although granted, <sighs> I agree totally to the fact that in the sport of wrestling, in the business of professional wrestling, you are to protect your opponent. Mm-hmm. I've always been a proponent of that too. You always protect your opponent. If a person gets hurt and you're in that match with that person, oh, you ride with that, you ride that, ride with that cat to the hospital or whatever. Or you try to make sure that that person is okay. You check on them. You do that because, you know, you two were put together in this match to put on a performance, put on a show, and y'all. Or making this money together, you you gotta stand by their side. You should right. you should be able to, because that's just what it is, you know. 
business decisions are set aside, like I said, Brody took liberty, and I agree with you. Brody took liberties with a lot of people. But this particular person, he's been documented of taking extra liberty with. Right. Now, a lot of people in Puerto Rico and a lot of people throughout the United States, Japan, and everywhere else. Um, And I'm going to mention the one word. Kayfabe. Mm-hmm. They believed that what they saw on television with the character Bruiser Brody was real deal like that. So let me ask you a question. Would it be fair to say that those people are fucking idiots? Well, let's be for real. No network, you know, the movies are very pretend. Mm -hmm. No network in the world would even show a murder in the late 80s and the 70s unless you was in the United Kingdom and it was BBC News or Mm -hmm. the Associated Press, which does not have a narrative. Mm -hmm. They just show video. Okay? No one in the world except for Asian countries and some Mexican countries. Maybe even Puerto Rico. Right? Nowhere in the world. Um, Everything on television is fucking fake. Except for the news. Mm-hmm. And if you, not to disrespect Puerto Ricans or anybody, if you sit back for one second and think that this business is real, then you are the greatest fool of them all. When I first saw wrestling, you know what my mother and father said? That shit's not real. And I want you to understand everything on that television screen is not real. It is designed to keep you there all day long. It is an idiot box. And ever since I was four or five, what's on the idiot box? So very early in life, I had two parents who were very realistic. Mm-hmm. Right? But it's true. Everything on TV is, has a script. Everything on TV has an ending, a beginning. Mm-hmm. And if a TV show has credits, what the fuck do you think that they, they would really put borderline snuff films on TV? When you couldn't even show a man's buttocks into a TV show called The Shield showed up mm-hmm. in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. I remember even, that. Even the adult film channels that came on at a certain time, they wasn't allowed to show cum shots until 2010. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I was talking about I was talking about that. Like everything was from the torso up. Right, it's called Softcore. Right, Softcore when it was on that, and then you had a few hardcore channels that for an hour or two you can pay for that uh, video. But even watching those videos on 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 on, on the hardcore videos on pay per view, they still didn't show cum shots. Exactly, they Everything, show penetration, blowjobs. They, they barely even showed that. Right, if you paid for the bigger packages, you know, so if you pay for the bigger um, the 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 shows. But the point I'm trying to make is, you can sit there and watch your. Soap operas and watch this. Everything on TV, with the exception of the news, and even then, curated, is fucking fake. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me <clears throat> a nation of people actually believed this was real when they ran credits at the end, at the bottom of the fucking screen? Well, you have to. That look- means we have. A, that means the Puerto Ricans who watch wrestling are fucking dummies. Well, at that time, between the 70s and the 80s. Professional wrestling was still considered real to a lot of people. And and you know what's so sad? That's real fucking pathetic. Because it's on the greatest tricking element in history. 
the television screen. Do you remember? Have you ever heard the story about? You, you get it? Tell a yeah. tell a vision. Tell a lie to your vision. Do you remember the story? How no. in Japan, one of the biggest drawn matches was Freddie Blassie and Ricky Dozen, right? And Freddie Blassie, I think he, I think he bit somebody. I think he bit Ricky Dozen, and Ricky Dozen was bleeding all over the place. You know how many people was reported have reported they had passed out and 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 was like in shock and all because this was the first time they ever seen blood in pro wrestling in Japan. They've mm-hmm. never seen that before. So when they saw that, it was like, oh shit! They're like, you had ladies and grown men passing out. And this was like in the early fifties, late six, early fifties, early sixties, and with wrestling over there in Japan. So now you consider Puerto Rico, a hotbed of pro wrestling at that time. People believed that what they saw was real. They believed that every time that Carlos Colon was getting jabbed in the head by that damn fork by Abdullah the Butcher, the shit was real. Every time they saw Abdullah the Butcher getting bashed upside the head with a chain, they saw the blood was real. So you don't think, right. Again, there are there were elements that pushed men's bodies to the limit. Mm-hmm. Still a fake program. But and a know, lot of people, and I like that Kevin Nash called wrestling fake. I like that Dutch Mantel has called it fake. Mm-hmm. This, it's it's pretend right. with a lot of real elements. But those elements invoked real emotions. So I, does regular TV. Right. Right now there's a movie called Infinity War Endgame that is going to be the biggest movie in history mm-hmm. of the world. Right. No matter what. It's gonna invict a lot. It's gonna it's gonna invoke a lot of emotions. Mm-hmm. It's gonna make people. So, it's gonna create writers. Yeah. It's gonna make people hate themselves. Mm-hmm. It's gonna create comic book artists. It's gonna create filmmakers. Right. This one movie is gonna is now going to create at least ten thousand new creators over the course of twenty years. This is the new. This is the Luke. I'm your father moment. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? I agree. Just I like agree. Star Wars did. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I'm not gonna just because I support professional wrestling and have a love for professional wrestler fan and none of you niggas. I, but you know, I, I keep saying that. But you know, I got well, a little of course, of course, foot on the throat moment. But the reality of it's on TV, and if it has a commercial break, it's fake. And unfortunately, it's sad that we live in a world where people are. And I'm going to use a millennial term a series of NPCs, non-playable characters, who can't realize that they put a non-playable character on the screen to tell you a story. Mm-hmm. After your Saturday morning cartoons, before your action films in the afternoon, right. and your midnight, midday films, yeah. Yeah, keep and going. And 10 o'clock news. Right. And then your late night shit right. once again. Mm-hmm. So then- I hear what you're saying, if there's a commercial now, when we get to the point where we got Blade Runner in real life, and we said we're going to show real murders, the game has changed. But until we get Blade Runner, until we get our real deathmatch two thousands, everything on this television screen will always be scripted. The only thing that's real is basketball and baseball and football. But you know what you're watching? Athletes pushing themselves to a limit. The real moment is scoring the points. Mm-hmm. There's never been a murder on a basketball field. No. There's never been a murder on a football field. No. Never been a murder on a baseball field. Nope. Might get fucked up on a soccer field. Of course. Might get fucked up on a rugby field. And football as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and on a football field. So I say that not to bash people, but when do we wake up and go, wait a second, 
this is not real. This is sports entertainment, people. This is we we're living in a world where I don't understand how people can be fooled. And I get I understand everything that you're saying. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But when do we sit back and say, well, you know, this is this and this is that. When do you sit back to your kids and say, everything you see on there is fake? It is a controlled right. substance. And all it does is feed something called your dopamines, which activates your brain to expand it to receive the information. Mm-hmm. I remember when... Uh, Let me know if I sound crazy. No, you don't sound crazy. I remember as a kid, I used to watch kung fu movies. Mm-hmm. Fakest shit on the planet. Fakest shit on the planet. And I used to do backflips on the ground, mm-hmm. right? And was pretty good at it. I had... My god brother tie up a rope and I'd be flipping around the block like a trained monkey and shit. Right. You know what I mean? But I knew that deep down inside, I couldn't whip nobody's ass with snake fists out in the street when they're doing when they're throwing straight jabs. Mm-hmm. I know I couldn't do that. You know? I know that I couldn't fucking climb the side of a goddamn building without a decent ass rope. And I sure as hell wasn't Batman doing that shit. You know? But it took my cousins to explain to me Friday night's main event, February 4th, 1988, that wrestling was fake when I saw, you know, Hogan lose the belt to Andre. You know, because I was so accustomed to seeing Hogan win every fucking match. But the breakdown to me was, hey, that's not real. But the emotion was was Mm -hmm. real because like, oh, shit, Hogan got cheated out of the belt. Only thing that was real was Hogan's racism. Pretty much, you know what I'm saying. So, <laughs> so, but in this case, but with, in, but now you figure like in the South, where wrestling is die hard, it's it's every everyone tuned into wrestling. Wrestling was real to them because what they saw invoked their emotions was real to them, and the same thing applies. And that's very sad because the first thing you need also. to know that none of this wrestling was real. And it's sad to know that people cannot separate, cannot understand if it's on that screen, it's fake. Now, unfortunately, we are coming to a point where YouTube is putting a lot of real shit on there. Mm-hmm. And they're putting advertisings before and after a lot of this shit. But when you, when you sit back and you really think about it, this is the 80s. Only six companies control it. At the end, there was always a Viacom logo mm-hmm. or NBC logo or mm-hmm. CBS yep. or Telemundo logo mm-hmm. or, or whatever Turner it was logo. or turn whatever it is. Well, I, I'm mentioning the big six, not the not the in betweens because Turner is really inside of the big six, right? <clears throat> so when you sit back and you look at all of this, I'm deleting all this in junk well, and when you sit back and you and you you look at all of this, no, and I'm not gonna say no disrespect. But people, we have to sit back and go, this is not real. Even some reality shows are fucking scripted. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not fucking real. And when and how is it that intelligent human beings cannot see that they put a commercial break and these guys got action figures and toys and t-shirts and this, that, and the other? Humane rights societies would have came down on anyone in the world if this shit was real. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So th- th- there's something to really like look into about really that. Really look into. Now, moving forward on the story. So I bring that up just to say, what if he created his own death? It's possible. And what if this man 
And I'm going to say, unfortunately, that man got his justice. You, and what if the real justice was, I killed the man who violated my life and everybody around me supported it. Now, there's something that was said. He goes, oh, he died? He goes, ah. And Invader number one is quoted for saying, if he, if he come back to life, I kill him again. Mm-hmm. You violated that man. And everybody backed you into violating that man. To this day, we don't even know if he gave that money. It might have been an agreement. His money never came in. You and never hear his wife say money was ever moved over. Yeah, that's she true. She just said he was looking to do some business. Right. And he actually, as a matter of fact, he did put the money in the company and he never got it back. They, no, he never put the money up. Oh, okay. They, they don't have proof of the money ever going left or right. Oh, okay. They just, I think the agreement was that he was in. So... And he was looking to invest in Japan or Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. So both ways, he was going in two different directions. Well, I, I probably would have thought, to be frank with you, the safest bet for him, I'd have put the money in all, in, in Japan. <laughs> that what if, what, but again, what if it wasn't safe? The word was this was going to happen left or right. True. But I'll, 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 I'll throw this scenario out. If it was over there, you got to also remember, um, we're talking about his relationship with Baba, and that was the only promoter that he's ever respected. And Don't mean the, Baba respected him. Oh, no. Baba respected him. Hold on. Everybody said, how many men have we met who said we respect him? But then when the back is turned, fuck that nigga. Well, who knows? I wasn't, right. we weren't so I'm not going to take Right. And I'm not going to say Baba respected him because the wrestling community wants to believe it. We don't know the word of no man until... He can say it and he can prove it. But if word was this was going to happen in Japan or Puerto Rico, two people, people wanted you dead in both locations. And you got to remember, the aid, the Japanese is always loyal to themselves mm -hmm. before a foreigner. Right. It's just the truth. They, they, and if you ever go there, you'll learn that very fast. And I'm not saying that, hey, he was this, that, and the other. But what if the world was just completely fucking different and this man created enemies everywhere and eventually someone caught up? And it just so happens and, that... And it's sad. But it so, just so happened that Jose Luis Rivera was the one that caught up. Yeah, and he's on record for beating the shit out of this one human being consistently. Mm -hmm. And this human being is sitting there like, why the fuck is he doing this? I just want my career. I just want this. I don't want, I just want that. And all of these things are taking place. And maybe the justice, you hear his son say, you know, I would like some justice or some personal get back. Yeah, I understand that. But what if that man got his justice and he was right to that justice because he violated me? What if he, what if, what if that man, what if, what if we, what for all we know, what if Bruiser Brody damaged the wrestler so bad that it cost him his life and they were getting revenge because mm -hmm. he's beating the shit out of people. When you're bleeding from your mouth, that's eternal damage. Yeah. There's four accounts where what's his name is on camera bleeding from his mouth. They, when you, when they do the research, there's no pill popping. There's no blood count. This man, eternal bleeding. Well, what did Owen Hart say? No one should die for this business. Right. I agree. Well, here's here's the catch. The cut went in deep, cut his intestines. Cut, I think his large intestine and his small intestine got cut. Mm -hmm. Cut the stomach, I believe. And, um, you know, when what Tony was saying was, once his feet was turning blue, 
that was in the hospital. So yeah. we, we're skipping a point because because we're pretty much at the end. Cause we we really shared more opinions than anything. You gotta remember, they can't. There's no way to call an ambulance. They have to send someone to the other building where Menudo was performing mm-hmm. to go get the ambulance to come back this way. They were stuck in traffic of the rest of people I coming think that to was, see the rest. That was Savio that was said that said that. Um, cause Savio yeah, I didn't hear there. it from yeah Savio yes. probably did, but I heard it from a yeah. This is me just reading it from a, a a book that I was reading. So they had to send a person who worked in the building to the other building, mm-hmm. bring them back because Menudo was performing because that's what all the ambulances would be. Right. They brought they they spared one ambulance, which took forty five minutes because they had to beat the crowd that was coming to see the show. Mm-hmm. They grab him and then take him on the way back. Right. And then he gets there. He gets to the hospital. He's helping him take it off. He's taking his feet off, which means blood is no longer going there because he's leaving. Mm-hmm. And they would have, if they would have had an ambulance on deck, they would have been probably able to save him immediately. Right. And he would probably be a very humble human being today. Probably. But long but, story short, go ahead. I will say this, right? After Brody's uh, stabbing and death, mm-hmm. the Wrestling Observer Newsletter did these two things year back to back. Most disgusting promotional tactic was pushing him after the stabbing of Bruiser Brody. They made him a baby face. They made him, he he, he was made to be the uh, a, a strong baby face. So let me ask you a question. This fucking dirty ass American been disrespecting my people for how long? And he's out of here? This nigga's a national fucking hero on that on that soil. Okay. Think about that. Okay. I'm thinking about Is it a disgusting tactic or a national fucking hero? And I'm always going to use Hogan as an example. You've been saying fuck niggas since the beginning of time. And Andre the Giant been saying fuck niggas since the beginning of time. And these niggas created a Hall of Fame and made them national fucking heroes. So the newsletter, who wrote that? The Wrestling Observer. You know who wrote that. I, I want you to say the man's name. Dave Meltzer. You fuck boy. Would and you realize that you that they did the same thing with other men in this? Hell, what's his name might have married? Hell, Psycho Sid took another man's hand and they still put the world, they took another man's grip and they still put the world title on him. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing too was most disgusting promotional tactic. In um, 1990, they redid the stabbing angle with him and Atoshi O'Neill. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and it's going to happen. Art imitates life and then life imitates art. So in reality... They pushed the limit. It didn't work. It was what it was. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and unfortunately, how much loyalty was it for them with Bubba and them if they still let that go down? But well, that's what, but that's my man's in them. Mm-hmm. But Bubba's letting the angle go down. That's under Bubba's situation. But but he let that go down. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So you can say, oh, that's a great man. If that was your man's and you had nothing but respect for him, would you even let anybody imitate that angle? Hell no. Bubba's a lying motherfucker too. And I'll say it to his face. Think about it, Mark. That's your man. If someone said to you, yo, Mark, such and such was murdered in the street, and you was close to this nigga, and you loved him, and you cared about him, yo, let's, imi- let's, let's re-imitate his murder. Like, hell no. And Bubba said what now? You quoted, he said... That was always a good friend to him, basically. Um, we're talking about um, Baba. Yeah, Baba. What did he say? I mean, actually, no. Atlas said it was a good friend to him. Right, but what did Atlas say about Baba? That that they they remember we were just talking that point where you said Baba said that he always 
well, like I said, if he was to do business, if he would have invested in his money, he would have invested his money in all Japan because right. Baba reg- regarded him as as a good guy and so forth. And he was the and actually, um, the only promoter that would actually really give him the break and the opportunity to do something, and the only promoter he respected was Baba, and that was only through his friendship with Stan Hansen. Right. So, but you said very clearly, and I want to remember the quote that Baba said he had, he respected him and he gave him all the love and this, that, and the other. You don't have love if you let that happen under your watch, which means that man was a dead man, Japan or Puerto Rico. He was safest in the United States. Well, maybe, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. You know what I'm saying? But the crazy thing about it is, is that in the States, he would have been blackballed. The only other place that the States, as he should have been for not respecting men's bodies. The only place that he would have probably been able to stay and to make some money and to, um, as far as like wrestling in North America, would have been world class, which is where he got his start at. Mm-hmm. His home promotion, world class championship wrestling. Brody would have been a star there and remained a star there and would have been the only place in North America that he would have wrestled at. He wouldn't have been able to wrestle for Crockett because Crockett ain't want nothing to do with him. The other NWA promoters didn't want nothing to do with him. Um, he couldn't have gone back home to Detroit to the Sheik because the Sheik was shutting down and Vince McMahon Jr. was, was trading moving, over the senior. Was, was moving the junior, company right, right, right. into where it was going and Bruiser Brody would not fit the mold in the promotion. So whose fault is that? It's Brody. An enemy. Every he was an enemy of the state everywhere he went by simply breaking the rules, not protecting men's bodies, mm-hmm. violating human pe- beings, endangering fans with that chain, spinning it around, mm-hmm. um, disrespecting men's families by not protecting their bodies, yeah, and then stripping men of this natural emotional manhood now you get tired you know the United States is here but we ain't no star on the flag this is free range nigga you in the wild west and you walked into the wrong saloon partner I'm not justifying it I'm just looking at the angles that no one is looking at I've watched let me tell you something Someone said to me, oh, uh, we were talking about the Bible one time. I said, I don't give a fuck if a nigga say they swear to God. They say, yeah, that's mad disrespectful. I said, the Bible is 2,000 pages plus about man violating God. What the fuck you think I'm going to honor them because they said they swear to God? You know that book back and forth. It's 2,000 plus pages of man violating the creator Mm -hmm. or their creator. Every book is 2,000 plus pages in every religion, except for Buddhism, about man violating God. Mm-hmm. You think I'm going to trust some wrestler because he swear to God? Shawn Michaels swear to God and then saw, and became a praiser of the good Lord, mm-hmm. of the Most High. So I say that simply to say it's hard to trust a lot of men on this planet because they will violate who their system of belief is. Right. And these books of reference, these Bibles, these this has proven that. In written history and it's that because they're great history books but at the same time here's a man who said he honored them but they let them do a murder angle we just talked about a certain person I would have not have let get in the ring 
mm-hmm. because about protecting him. Right. And you explained to me another perspective. We was giving him a chance and this, that, and the other. But I was like, no, you know, this, that, and the other. And we had this conversation. But here's this man, everywhere he went, he violated. Yeah. And it's not good. And it's not good. And the only person, and the person that was supposed to be his man's, let him get shanked, which is... What's his name while he's crying? Tony Atlas. Not Tony Atlas, the, the fat bastard. Um, at the end where he's crying. So he's looking at it and he's like, maybe I fucked up. Maybe they could have prevented this. Maybe he could have said, don't go to the building today. There's a lot of guilt on a lot of people's hands, but one man got justice. And I don't think he gives a fuck about what happened 20-something you know years too? later. You know that um, he rode in a car with him to the arena. On a regular basis. They yeah. said for that whole week they rode up and down with each other. And... Every time before that. So imagine sitting with your enemy. Mm-hmm. You don't know what was being said. He could have disrespected him in the back seat. He could have did this. He could have did that. This could have been years worth of drama. So this was a very intense documentary Vice created. Yeah, it was. We can go back and forth about it. But when I talk about this, I want to talk about it from the moral standpoint that people are not necessarily looking at versus the... Versus the, and I want to say this correctly, versus the standpoint of great wrestling and men that we loved and this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. He never became great because we never got to see him be great because he didn't allow himself to be great. But we saw that he could have did great things. Right. And he's one of those men that we will always see the potential, but never the great action. So... It is what it is. It's a very unfortunate situation, and I personally think that man killed himself. And I think what's his name got his justice. And even though I do not agree, he felt justified. Mm-hmm. And that's, oh man, it's it's heavy. It is. It's it's a tough. And call. I don't want to think like that. It's a tough call, but you know, what can you say, man? It's it's deep. Mm-hmm. It's deep. Great documentary. I love this series. They said they filmed ten. If the six do well, right? This, will. that, and the other. We're going to cover all of them, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, got any last thoughts on this? After, what do you think about everything that I said as I'm processing? Everything this is poignant, man, and this and it's going to make me want to go back and watch this again too, so I can because I watched it four times, so now. I can so I can reassess the points. Now, in the beginning, like I said. From what I've heard about the story, you know, I've had an outside view about Mr. USA Tony Atlas and his view about this whole shit. I have a whole new respect for him because I would have called him a coon. I've been calling him a coon for years, and I'm going to take all of that back because... Because I felt like, to me, I felt like he could have done something a bit more to prevent that from happening because he was also inside the locker room also. I think Tony Atlas, it's always been said that Tony Atlas was protected by the business. And I think there are moments where he's a simpleton and this happened to be there. And I think Tony, Tony knew how to stay, he knew how to stay out of people's business, but he might have been known. And to him, he was simply drawing. Mm-hmm. And... No one saw this coming. No one could. You know who could protect them? What's his name? What's his name? Uh, Carlos Colon. Carlos could have protected him. He could have stopped it. But Carlos knew that man was going to go murder him. Because mm-hmm. he probably stabbed him, got him up against the wall. Because I visualized Carlos saying, calm down. You got him, Poppy. You got him. He's not coming back. You got him. 
If the motherfucker live, we kill him again. I can see Carlos Colon saying that. Now, here's the WWE. They induct this man in the Hall of Fame. They inducted both of them in the Hall of Fame. Is um Invader number one in the Hall no, of Fame? No, Invader's not in there, but Bruiser Brody and Carlos Colon is in there. Right. So guess what? Two, 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 two motherfuckers who shouldn't be in there are in there. And crazily enough, um, Brody's in the legacy wing. He yeah. got he got into the legacy wing, and I think he got inducted into the legacy wing this year, whereas Carlos was was inducted in uh, maybe four years, like three years, three four years ago. Mm. Now, if you look at the RF video shoot, which they show the grainy copy of that, mm-hmm. where Carlos making the comments about it, Carlos was like, "Nah, I really don't know what happened. This, this, and the third. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure." But I definitely believe that Carlos, even Carlito can't even, don't even want to talk about the shit, but he knows. The whole family knows that just maybe that, right. you know, Pops was in on the shit too because it's his fucking company. And it's not like I'm going to go down to wrestle in Puerto Rico anytime soon, but I mean, I'm just saying. Right. It's, it's unfortunate. My final thoughts is I think as we, as we go into this business, we need to educate people. Obviously, it's been exposed that this business is an entertainment business. And yes, there are rough points in and out of any visual business where men are basically glorifying stuntmen trained to do these things. Also, I think we need to stress and people need to be taught as they come into this business that no matter how angry and disrespectful or badass that you feel Mm -hmm. the protection of another man's body is extremely important and it's a team business not an individual business so individual people become stars the first match helps the last match the second match helps the second the last match right the mid card helps the whole card Mm -hmm. and i'm going to point out something here and i'm going to use a very known story when uh, I guess why can I remember names right now? What's this guy's name? Um, my favorite person on the planet. Who wants to piss on the grave? Uh, Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette. Do you remember the Jim Cornette Brock Lesnar story? Yes. That Brock Lesnar lifted his girlfriend or wife up at the time, mm-hmm. and she had just got her clip pierced. Yeah. And he put his thumb there to hurt her on purpose. Mm-hmm. What Jim Cornette went and did? He went to go and grab his gun. He's gonna blow Brock. And let me tell you something. Jim Cornette don't lie. He was gonna blow Brock's fucking brain off. There would be no Brock Lesnar today. That mm-hmm. could have been another Bruiser Brody incident. Right. You understand? You vi- and and he would have been justified. Why are you violating my woman so you can get a laugh, nigga? I'll kill you. And what did Brock say? Is he really gonna shoot me? Yeah, he might shoot you. What did that teach Brock not to do? Violate no more women in that ring or at least around Jim Cornette. Because he could have ended Brock's life. Yeah. Brock got a blessing from the most high at that moment. That could have, that Jim Cornette would have went to jail and proudfully went to jail. Yeah. Well, I shot the motherfucker, whatever. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And he would have done it. Would you, I would have said he was justified. Why would you violate his girlfriend's private areas? Why she just got a piercing. That piercing has nothing to do publicly, but respect her. But you lift her above your head and press your hand, your thumb in there just to hurt her? What if you would have ripped her down there? What if she would have needed surgery? What if you needed this? Mm -hmm. Nigga probably got himself a revolver and was going to blow his fucking brains out. Now, now let's go back to invader number one. You've been violating my body 
for five years. I don't give a fuck about you coming into this territory. What if I have to kill you to protect everyone else? Maybe that could have probably been it. I, I'm just, says, you know, I can, I'm looking at it. Like I said, I'm seeing the different possibilities and about this. There's a lot of probabilities that can go into that. So yeah, yeah. So I leave people with this: protect each other in that ring, even if you hate that nigga. Protect him. Mm-hmm. Hate him outside or, the or ring. Or her. Or her. If you even if you do not like him or her, protect her to the end. And that's it because it's an unfortunate situation that um that they went into. Yeah. And that and we shouldn't be even talking about this type of story. But unfortunately we are. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because and now with this, this could avoid other shit from happening. Right. This can avoid other stories like this taking place. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot to really take into. Yeah. It's um it's unfortunate. We thank you for this episode. It's a heavy episode. Lord, it was, man. <laughs> heavy episode. And I wasn't trying to bash Bruiser. I'm just pointing out there might be more than what we realize. And what if one man sacrificed the possibility of his freedom to someone else? Yeah. You get what I'm saying? It's a lot to think about, man. Yeah, it's an extremely unfortunate. The sad part. People, I'm going to leave you with some music. Because Mark wanted me to play this. But this theme ain't as powerful. This the glow. Let me jump forward a little. Talk about that glow. 80s music. Oh.